Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. You understand what's happening here? The world is saying, listen, listen, I've got a share for you, a share of, of, of pleasure, of joy, of material wealth, of exaltation of yourself, of, of affirmation. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a share for you. Don't you want to come and be part of it? And the unsuspecting person goes, oh, sure, I would like a share of all of that. That sounds wonderful, right? Only to find that instead of a share of joy, it's a share of judgment. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Hope in God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. The world offers us what it can't deliver. No matter what society tells us will bring satisfaction, it never lasts. This is one of the points that Pastor Ricky makes today as he teaches from the book of Revelation. Ultimately, God will judge the world. Sometimes it seems like people get away with doing wicked things, but the truth is that God will bring justice. And while many people will reject God and choose to indulge in their flesh, thinking that this is going to bring fulfillment only leads them to destruction. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Revelation chapter 17 as he continues his message, The Siren Song. Why would anyone follow Babylon? Obviously, spiritual adultery, bad stuff, no good. Well, look at what she offers. First, greed, materialism, money, possessions, right? All of that stuff. She's described in verse 4 as being clothed in luxury. She has rare purple and scarlet clothing. She has gold jewelry covering her. She has just arrived with an epic shopping trip, pile of shopping trip bags from Prada and you know, I don't know, whatever else expensive stuff happens in the world. As you can tell, I'm not real into the luxury, the women's luxury gown scene. But she is alluring. She is glorious. She is seductive. She is drawing in with purchasing and buying and selling the offer of to, to those who come to her, the offer of the finest foods, the finest homes, the finest things, everything from financial security to a nicer car, to a bigger house, to thrills, to amusements, to an Instagram-worthy epic trip to Norway that will put all of your high school friends to shame. Right? This is what she offers. She offers greed. She also offers lust. Now, again, we read the descriptions of sexual immorality here. It looks delicious. She offers passion and fulfillment of every desire. She offers it openly. She offers the thrill of stolen glances at naked bodies, an illicit affair with a co-worker, of wants and pleasure of every kind. She holds it out to all who are come to her. Third, she offers pride. As we read in verse 7, she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning shall I never see. Right? She is at the top of the world. The, the, she's described literally as being in bed with the rulers of the world. She offers access to power, to position, to respect, to popularity. 
She exalts the self. She offers each person the thrill of being the center of attention, the reserved parking space, the award on the wall, the popularity of a million social media followers, replying to your every move, everything that, 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 that shouts, look at me, exalt me, glorify me. Do you see in the end that, that what she really offers is the exaltation of the self over and against the exaltation of God. And if you read the letters to the churches, this seductive call was working. Now, here's where I want to pause and ask, what, what do you think the default posture of the Christian is to the world around you? I think for most of us, we would just assume that, okay, a, lot, a whole lot of culture around us is just neutral and fine, and maybe every once in a while, like, okay, yeah, definitely don't do that, you know? Oh, that movie, that, that's a really, really bad movie. We, the Christians don't do that. But all the other stuff, it's fine. Revelation 17 is saying, wake up. You are being drawn in. You are hearing the song of the siren, and you can't even tell. And you're about to be dashed upon the rocks. I think of years ago when my whole extended family went for a, a, a vacation to Mazatlan, Mexico. And man, the water in Mazatlan is the best, right? It is not this Nordic ice water of California, okay? It is like, it's like the perfect bath temperature, right? You just put your feet in, you're just like, ah, it's both refreshing and not cold. It's the best, you know? And, and the sun sets over the water and you're just out there and everything in you is just like, I love this. And so you kind of swim out a little bit and you're, and you're floating, Except the parents would always warn us, watch out for the undertow. Watch out for the undertow. You might get pulled out to sea or drowned. And as a, you know, as a kid, you're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, grandma. But one time, memorably, as a kid, one of my uncles, fine swimmer, normal guy, sucked out with the undertow. And another of my uncles went in after him, trying to save him, and he was nearly sucked out. And finally, the lifeguard with, with other stuff goes out there and is, is almost, I don't think an exaggeration to say, just barely able to rescue him. And as, I, as the word kind of spread through the family, we went to the beach to see what was happening. The warning our parents had given us suddenly became very real. And here's the warning. You may think you're floating neutrally, but you may well be sucked out before you know it. Sucked out into the, to the ocean. Man, this, 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 I think, is the feel of Revelation chapter 17. This is a, an urgent warning to the Christian that the culture around us is not neutral. I think sometimes, especially in America, we begin to be like, oh, well, we like a lot of the things of America. So American culture is almost tipped a little bit toward the Lord, right? Revelation 17 says this, apart from the Lord, the world's culture will be pointed away from God and toward the cliffs that destroy. So just think about it. What, what media do you consume? What, 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 what do you base your standard of living on? 
What do you base your standard of that? That's definitely too much bad content in that show. What do you base that on? Oh, I, mean, I would never watch that one, but this one's okay. Why? Why? Or your pursuit of life centered around yourself and, and just saying, okay, I got to cut these people out of my life. You know, they're, they're just not... They're not, they're not a safe space for me. And so I'm going to, you know, I don't like this person and I'm not, I don't like that person and nobody can tell me what to do and I'm going to pursue my own path. Why? Well, because it feels right to me. Beware the pull and the undertow of the world around you. I, I just briefly want to commend to you, especially on the issue of how the self and pride and possessions and sexuality are all interlinked right now. I want to commend to you the work of Carl Truman. And he, I'm reading a really big book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, which is great if you loved your like third semester advanced women's studies class, this is the book for you. But for the rest of us, this shorter book, I think, is accessible. He has done a number of interviews, but he does, he's done excellent work de describing how where we are in terms of our, our stance as a culture toward LGBTQ plus issues has been shaped by the, the threat of what's been in America since the very beginning, which is the radical expression of self where no one can tell me what to do or what is right for me. And so that connection is also being made in Revelation 17. It's not new to Truman. He's seeing it. The exaltation of self, wealth, power, government, religious figures that will say, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to do, that's fine. And you can, listen, you will be able to find a church with some guy in a pulpit, maybe in a robe, that will okay anything you want to do in this world. What defines normal for you? Revelation says, beware. Beware. Second, the truth of the siren song. Now, this is where Revelation not only warns us, but exposes the bankruptcy of the siren's song. Verse 4 in chapter 18 is the clear call of the text. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. The call is, come out of her. And notice where the people of God are. It's not like there's the worldly culture over here and we're over here and we're like, yeah, that's crazy over there, huh? The Lord comes and says, you're there, come out. And I love how it's just the assumption. It's not like, well, if you're in the world, you know, definitely come out. It's like, no, I know where you are. You're there, come out. Come out. Now, why? Why would you not listen to the siren song? First reason, she offers a share of pleasure but in reality, it is a share of judgment. Look at the, 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 the wording of verse four. Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. Commentator G.K. Beale says this, one of the lessons of these verses is that Christians should be in the world, but not of it. To be of the world means that we have compromised our values to share in the world's present wealth and advantages, but at the cost of also inheriting a share in its coming judgment. You understand what's happening here? The world is saying, listen, listen, I've got a share for you, a share of, of, of pleasure, of joy, of material wealth, of exaltation of yourself, of, of affirmation. I've got, a, I've got a, 
I've got to share for you. Don't you want to come and be part of it? And the unsuspecting person goes, oh, sure, I would like a share of all of that. That sounds wonderful, right? Only to find that instead of a share of joy, it's a share of judgment. Look, this, this is the reality in Revelation. God keeps track of everything. <laughs> Don't mistake, because it, it seems as though in the short term, somebody is getting away with something that you're like, well, I guess, I guess you're getting away with it. The book of Revelation, one of its purposes is to remind us no one gets away with anything in the end. Every evil deed, every spouse cheated on, every employee exploited, every vulnerable person manipulated, in the moment, the cheating spouse may feel pleasure, the employer may get more profit, the manipulator may get what they want, but in the end, that pleasure will be pain, the greed will be poverty, and the proud will be humbled. That's the first reason. Second, Babylon offers a shining forever, but in the end, it is a forever desolation. Look, if you, if you look at verse one, the imagery could not be more haunting. This, this great city, towering city, people coming and going, merchants coming and going, all the world coming to her. All of a sudden, in verse one, she has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. She has become, the, the, if you've ever seen one of those like, there's like a bazillion of them, zombie movies where some guy somehow has been asleep and he wakes up and he tries to walk through the big city and you know where there used to be billboards, like Broadway and the lights and stuff. They walk through and it is a ghost town and the buildings are crumbling, and evil creatures are in the shadows, and literal birds are cawing in the air. Right? This is what becomes of Babylon forever. She promises that the things she offers will last forever. No, what will last forever is the desolation brought to her. Oh, so much more we could say there. Very quickly, she also offers friends, many friends, many people to come and affirm you and love you and, and support your choices. But in the end, the friends will devour you as well. At the end of chapter 17, verse 16, the, the 10 horns, the kings that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire for God has put it into their heart to carry out this purpose. Here's the reality. The friends that the world offers around you, the friends clapping and cheering on, like, yeah, go do it. They'll be nowhere in eternity. In fact, in the end, they will be the people to turn and attack you and, and abandon you. And here's one of the things that you got to understand about Satan in the book of Revelation. Satan is not just a do-gooder that's like, he doesn't like God, so he's running around trying to help people because he's just such a big-hearted guy. He's not out to help people. He's out to destroy anyone made in the image of God. So when he offers something, you got to understand, this isn't just like a friend saying, hey, I had some, some extra meat that I cooked in the smoker. Do you want it? And you say, yeah, awesome. And you take it home. This is a guy shooting poison into the meat, handing it to you with a smile. These are no friends. In the end, they'll abandon and destroy. Fourth, 
Babylon offers luxury, but in the end, it is worthless luxury. Remember all the fine clothes that she had as she walked the red carpet and all the pictures were being snapped? Well, look at what becomes of her in chapter 18, verse 14. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. Alas, alas for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet adorned with gold, with jewels, and with pearls, for in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste. In the end, what good is a luxury apartment in the burned-out rubble of a destroyed city? That's what it will be in the end. I know you probably have seen some of the images of the war in Ukraine and some of the buildings that are half destroyed. And it would be like, it's like this, somebody coming to you and saying, listen, great city, it's a great part of town, got an open floor plan, plenty of sunlight, you're gonna love it, you buy the apartment, you show up, half the building is gone, it's an open floor plan because it's been shelled and it doesn't have one of the walls, which is why it's so sunny. Right, it's worthless, it's worth, what she offers is worthless in the end. What good is a pile of the finest delicacies of life handed to you on platter after platter when you know that night you're headed to the electric chair? What good is all that food? It's just gonna rot and spoil. What good is a porn magazine to someone burning to death? She offers luxury, but in the end, it is worthless luxury. I love the last, I'm kind of a, a film nerd, I love the last scene of Citizen Kane, which nobody probably under 50 has seen. But baby boomers, you guys are my people. All of your movies are my movies. And, and earlier, and this great image in the last scene of Citizen Kane where this guy with untold luxury all over his property, living alone in an empty house, in the end dies, and the last scene are his belongings being thrown into the fire. Because all the things he collected from all over the earth became no more than junk in the end. That's what, that's what Babylon offers. And so the Lord comes and says, come out of her, my people lest you share in her sins and lest you share in her judgment. And make no mistake, church, you cannot separate the sharing in sins from the sharing in judgment. It can't be done. You might think, well, I'm in for the fun part, but not the back end, right? No, it's the same ticket. Just flip it over. Now, the question, the question then that should I think in a godly way haunt us is this. Are you listening to the siren song? And in fact, after I wrote that, I realized the better wording is probably, where are you listening to the siren song? Not are you. Verse four assumes that we will need to come out of Babylon. So I think we can assume there's somewhere in our lives that the Lord wants to put his finger on today and say, man, you think you've just been treading water, but you're being sucked out to sea. Your view of dating or relationships or money or possessions or whatever, identities, it is, you're getting sucked out to sea. You listening to the siren song? Where are you listening to the siren song? And then I want to hopefully help equip you to get safely home. 
Look, this passage is in our Bible, not because the, the Babylon's victory over the church is inevitable, but rather the church triumphs over Babylon. How then does the church triumph over Babylon in the end? Right? It says in 17 verse 14, they, these forces, will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. So the church, in the end, will triumph. But how do we triumph? What has God given us to triumph? Well, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is remember home. Just like Odysseus headed for home, we must remember where we are headed. One of the great things we'll see when we get to chapter 21 is that Babylon and the New Jerusalem are absolutely put side by side. Like, have you ever seen one of those websites where, where you're trying to decide, should I get this cell phone or that cell phone or this coffee maker or that coffee maker? And it has like the little list side by side, right? And so it's almost like the Revelation says, here's Babylon here's the new Jerusalem. Here's Babylon, here's the bride of Christ. Which will you choose? Well, the choice should be easy. As we sail, as we hear the siren song, remember where we are headed. Revelation 21, just a taste of this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The whole kingdom of Babylon destroyed in an instant. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Church, where, where Babylon offers a share, Jesus offers a better share. Jesus offers a share of glory. Look, we are recipients of a share in the eternal life of Christ. First Peter describes it this way, that it is an inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, kept in heaven for you. You hold a ticket and everyone around you in the world will say, that's worthless. Ha, I've got a better ticket for you. But Christian, hold on to that ticket because we know where we're going. We're going to a better place, a better city, where the share is a share of glory, where the forever is a forever of eternal life, where the luxury is a luxurious, glorious inheritance that will never fade. And Jesus offers friends and those around us who will not abandon us, rather they will be gathered with us, with him forever. Look, when you begin to hear the siren song, the first thing you have to do is say, where am I going? When the mirage of Babylon begins to come up in your mind, head for home, Christian, remember what the Jesus offers something far better. Open God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. Imagine you're sitting in a large theater and the curtain is down. There's a lot of anticipation about what's about to be seen on stage, but the curtain is covering up all of the stage props. 
As the music starts, the curtain goes up, and you're able to see what's before you. The word revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypse, which refers to an unveiling. So think of the book of Revelation as a type of unveiling or revealing of what God plans to do in the future. It's pretty great that God gives clues and glimpses into the future rather than just leaving you to wonder with no frame of reference. As Pastor Ricky has been teaching through the book of Revelation here on Better News Radio, we trust that you've gained some valuable insights into God's heart and desire for a relationship with mankind. If you have some questions about what you've heard today, you can give us a call at 915-562-7100. Once more, that number is 915-562-7100. Pastor Ricky Alcantad is the pastor of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. If you're interested in joining us for more teachings in person, go to betternewsradio.com and click on the church tab. There you'll be able to access information about where we're located and service times. We trust that you're enjoying this series in the book of Revelation, and we look forward to the next edition. In the meantime, stay deeply rooted in God's Word and look for ways that God is speaking to you on Better News Radio.